This is an encore broadcast of Streams in the Desert Live. I believe that we are living in the days John wrote about. The end times are upon us, and of that there is no doubt. Get your mind out of the world, take your Bible off the shelf, read the book of Revelations for yourself. Welcome to Streams in the Desert Live, an interactive prophetic talk show with pastor, evangelist, and prophetic teacher, Dana Bohansky, senior pastor of Streams in the Desert Ministries and House Church, where we look at the headlines of our daily news in light of Bible prophecy and give you, the listener, an opportunity to call in to ask questions and share information regarding the signs of the times. This ministry is dedicated to the preaching and teaching of the unadulterated word of the one and only true and living God under the power and anointing of God's Holy Ghost. Streams in the Desert Live is an expansion of Streams in the Desert Ministries. Now, here's your host, Pastor Dana. Shalom and blessings in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is Pastor Dana, and I once again would like to thank you for joining me today, May 26, 2021, for the Streams in the Desert Live internet radio broadcast. Coming to you from the beautiful Streams in the Desert Live home studio via StarWorldWideNetworks.com where we look at the headlines of our daily news in light of Bible prophecy. Today's topic title is The Final Generation. But before we get started, let us pray. Father God, we humbly come before your throne and bow down spiritually speaking. We thank you for all that you've done, all that you're doing, and all that you've yet to do. We ask that the power, working, and anointing of your Holy Spirit permeate every word that is to be said here today and take it directly to the hearts and minds and souls of your people who are ready, watching, waiting, and praying for your imminent return, Lord Jesus, in the rapture. And Lord, we just ask that the power of your Holy Spirit take hold right right now and take us through this next hour gloriously and victoriously. Holy Spirit, have your way in this day. In Jesus' precious and holy name we pray, amen and amen. Well, folks, greetings to you all once again from wherever you are in the world as you join me, your host, Pastor Dana, today for another compelling episode of Streams in the Desert Live Internet Radio Broadcast. As we open our show for today, I would first like to begin with a scripture found in Revelation chapter 17, verse 17, that states, For God has put it in their hearts to fulfill his will and to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast until the words of God shall be fulfilled. My friends, we are now well involved in a time of chaos, confusion, and destruction at an individual, national, and international level that we have never experienced upon the face of this planet in modern times. I am here today, my friends, to talk to you about the fact that 
Time as we have known it is dissipating through the hourglass at an exponential rate. We have a world that is spiraling out of control at a speed not seen in modern times, my friends. Deception is at an all-time high, just as Jesus said it would be in Matthew chapter 24, verse 4. We have violent unrest taking place all over the world. We have volcanoes erupting almost on a weekly, if not daily, basis. We are having earthquakes in various places, just as the Word of God tells us that would occur at the time just before the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ in the rapture or the catching away of His saints or church. Israel, my friends, is God's timepiece, and things over there are beginning to come completely unglued. That's right, my friends. Sadly, what has just transpired between Israel and her enemies as of late is not the end of the violence that Israel will see. It is only the beginning, according to the very word of God, also seen in various places such as Matthew chapter 24. We are soon going to witness the time of turmoil there that the Bible describes as leading to the time of Jacob's trouble, which as well, my friends, means that the world at large will soon be headed into the time of the outpouring of God's wrath, known also as the time of great tribulation. My friends, I have shared with you many times that the Word of God, which is the Bible, tells us that today is the day of salvation. Today and every day going forward from here on out, my friends, you need to know in whom you will serve for all eternity. Why? Because Jesus tells us why in Matthew chapter 24 verses 34 and on, when he states, Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. But here, my friends, is where the United States of America, as well as the world at large, stands in the very lateness of the hour that is at hand. And it is outlined in a very short and informative piece by a conservative colonist uh, and commentator, author and radio show host, Mr. Todd Starnes, dated May 21st, 2021, titled, 43% of millennials don't care, know, or believe God exists. Yes, you heard me right, my friends. And on the very and on that very startling note, Mr. Starnes begins by sharing a new study at Arizona Christian University revealed some shocking statistics regarding the current generation's religious beliefs or lack thereof. Akron Beacon Journal reports that there are roughly 380,000 churches, but despite this large number, today's generation, which, my friends, is generation Y and Z, uh, millennials and Z as the last generation, 
isn't, uh, isn't too interested, this study says, in learning about God. The Cultural Research Center polled four generations, and each poll participant was asked a series of questions about their in, uh, individual worldview, including about religion. The study called the American, uh, the studies called the American Worldview Inventory 2021. It includes builders who are those born between 1927 and 1945, baby boomers, which are those born between 1946 and 1964, Generation X, those born between 1965 and 1983, and millennials, or Gen Y, born between 1984 through uh, 2002, uh, yeah, 2002. And Generation uh, Z, my friends, is a bit younger than that. So that's why they probably weren't included. Uh, they're still in their teenage years at this time and young adult. Uh, so this is the base that we have in this particular study. And it concluded a number of findings, such as less than half of millennials believe that you should treat others uh, as they treat you. Less than half of millennials believe you should treat others as they treat you, otherwise known as the golden rule. Mr. Starnes goes on to say a deeper level of the poll found that only, get this my friends, 43% of millennials, the 43% of millennials don't believe, don't care, or know if God exists in comparison to the 28% of boomers that answered the same question. Mr. Starn shares that about half of millennials still believe in karma and believe that reincarnation is a real possibility. Sadly, he says, many churches have turned their selves into self-help sessions and less about the Word of God, and it's showing in today's youth. Quote, he says, uh, we have turned our churches into glorified nightclubs starring preachers who deliver self-help sermons and worship leaders who want to be the next American idol. That was a quote from Todd Starnes, radio show host, my friends. This is a very sad state of affairs. My friends, we are talking about a very serious problem that is not only unique to uh, generation X, Y, and Z, but exists in every generation mentioned in the just shared study. And I'm sure to even further back, if there's anybody over 100 years old, my friends, there's probably still people there that don't believe in the Lord either, which is a very appalling thought. Uh, it goes on to say, to shine some biblical light I go on to say this, my friends. I go on to say, to shine some biblical light on just where we are here at 11.59 in split seconds, just before the imminent return of the one and only Savior of the world, who is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ, for those who belong to him at his appearing, let us for just a moment look to the Word of God to see just how things are lining up. 
First, we have Amos chapter 8, verse 11, a word from the Lord that is not only for the Jew, but for the world as a whole, my friends, which states, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a of the of thirst for water, but of the hearing of the words of the Lord. In seeing, my friends, where we are at this point in time, according to the study just shared by Mr. Starnes, let us now see what Matthew chapter 24 has to say, um, of which I spoke of often here today. Uh, and uh, going forward, we will begin in verse 32. As we read, now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and put forth leaves, ye know that summer is nigh. Is summer not nigh, my friends? And Israel is about to have more problems? You just watch what happens in the days that are yet to come. Verse 33. So likewise, when ye shall see these things, know that it is near, even at the doors. Verily, I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled, said Jesus. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. My friends, you know, a lot of people think that we're waiting for the second coming of Jesus. Well, we are. But the fact is, is we're also waiting for the rapture, which comes before the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, because all those who left with him in the rapture will return with him at his second coming, bears out the word of God. So this is a very interesting statement here today. But as the days of Noah were, so also uh, the coming of the Son of Man B, my friends, that is a reference not to the second coming, but to the Lord Jesus Christ coming in the rapture. Why? Because the next verse tells us why. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Now, we know that has to be about the rapture because the Lord in his word tells us that when, uh, when Jesus appears in his second coming, everybody upon the earth that is here will see him coming. They will not, not everybody will see the Lord Jesus Christ coming when he comes in the rapture, my friends. Only those who are ready, watching, waiting, and praying for his imminent return and who belong to him at his appearing in the rapture will go with him. So that is something the Lord pointed out to me today, that that scripture is not talking about the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, but is talking about his unexpected return to the unsaved world at large at the time of the rapture. Verse 40 says, then shall two, and here's another reason that it's about the rapture, my friends. Then shall two be in the field, one shall be taken, the other left. 
Two women shall be grinding at the mill. One shall be taken, the other left. Watch, therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doeth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered or permitted his house to be broken up. So therefore, it is showing you that it's an an unexpected return of the Lord Jesus Christ and not at his second coming where the whole world that is left behind sees him coming. Therefore, verse 44 says, therefore, and you know what I always say about therefore, see what it's there for. Therefore, be ye also ready for in such an hour as ye think not the son of man cometh, said the Lord Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 24, verse 44, who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his Lord has made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you, said Jesus, that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But, and if that evil servant should say in his heart, my Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants, and to eat and drink with the drunkard, the Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him, and in an hour that he is not aware of, and shall cut him asunder, or cut him in two is what that really means, and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. My friends, the weeping and gnashing of teeth is in the uh, in hell, because this is talking about the fact that we need to be ready, watching, waiting, and praying for the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ in the rapture, because the signs of the times are everywhere, pointing to the fact that what the Lord God put in his word at the time that Jesus would return are now culminating. They're all coming together at once, my friends, such as never seen upon the face of this earth. It is time to get ready to meet the Lord in the air. And on that sobering note, my friends, I will be right back after the break so that we may continue our investigation concerning the final generation.
Okay, my friends, that song right there goes out in remembrance of our late friend, Miss Wendy West, who once told me that this was her very favorite song. With that said, now, my friends, we have come to the part of the show where the Lord God wants your complete and undivided attention. Why? Because he is not willing that any should perish and wants to make available to you the ability to hear, spiritually speaking, and know, spiritually speaking, his word. Because your very eternity depends upon knowing God's word, knowing it well, and knowing it correctly for yourself. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 18, Peter states that, But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. The Lord God is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, with the elements And the elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the earth also, and the works there that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness, which means right living in Jesus Christ, my friends, in my book. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, says Peter, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless, and account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. Even as our beloved brother Paul also, according to the wisdom given unto him, has written unto you, as also in all his epistles, meaning letters, speaking in them of these things in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unestablished wrestle, as they do do also the other scriptures, unto their own destruction." Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness, but grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever." 
My friends, the scriptures just shared are in, in reference to being careful not to fall into the hands or influence of false preachers, teachers, and prophets that will cause you to miss the mark when it comes to being ready, watching, waiting, and praying for the imminent return of our Lord and only Savior, who is Jesus Christ, in what is called the rapture. Here's what you need to know. Jesus tells us in John chapter 3, verses 16 through 18, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him, who is he? He's Jesus Christ, should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him, who is he? he's Jesus Christ, may be saved or might be saved. The reason it says might be saved, my friends, is because it is wholly, totally, and subtly, solely up to you and whom you shall serve for all eternity. You have a free will given to you by God to make that choice. He is a merciful, wonderful, great, and awesome God giving you free will and choice. He that believeth on him, who is he? Jesus Christ, is not condemned, says the word of God. But he that believeth not is condemned already, says the same word of God, my friends. And here's the reason why. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Do you see how important it is for this generation when they don't, 43% of them do not even know that there is a Jesus Christ that is our only Savior of, the, of mankind, my friends? And they're headed straight for the lake of fire for all eternity? And everybody else in between that believes the same thing as these young unlearned uh, children because their parents for generations back have not served the Lord either? In John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6, Jesus as well reminds us to let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I, Jesus said, go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, Jesus said, there ye may be also. And whether I go, ye know, and the way. Remember, the word way means method, my friends. And the way ye know. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way or the method, my friends? Jesus said unto him, I am the way. I'm the method, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. My friends, let us not forget what Paul has had to say about the soon unexpected to the unsaved world at large return of the Lord Jesus Christ for all those who belong to him at his appearing in the soon coming rapture. For Paul states in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren. Well, there's a lot being said right there. First of all, he's speaking to people that are Christians. He's calling, calling them brethren. So that's in a reference to being a Christian. 
in that time. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, which is to say, uh, but I would not have you to be without understanding, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, which means those who have gone on to be with the Lord through death before the time of the Lord Jesus Christ returning in the rapture. Concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord. He's telling you, we didn't just think this up. This is what the word of the Lord says from the Old Testament to the New Testament. This is what the Lord says. The Old Testament is types and shadows of everything that is seen in the New Testament, my friends. So therefore, it was already known in essence of what it means for Jesus to have come and done the work upon the cross of Calvary that he did to buy us back from our sinful lives and the clutches of Satan. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep, are those who have gone on before us that believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ, there it is, shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words, Paul says. Continuing on into 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, Paul continues by reminding us that if we are ready, watching, and waiting, and praying for the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ in the rapture, that we would know that the signs of that time are now, N-O-W, now, right now, quickly approaching and are all around us, my friends. Paul states, but of the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that are right unto you, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail, or birth pains, upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape, but ye Brethren, are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. You are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep, spiritually speaking, my friends, as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. Let us, he says, but let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and for an helmet, the hope of salvation. The hope of salvation, my friends, 
is a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, who paid the price through his precious and holy shed blood upon the cross of Calvary to buy us back if we would come by receiving him as our only Savior. For God has not appointed us, says Paul, to wrath. That's why we're not waiting for the second coming, my friends. We're waiting for the rapture, because the second coming is when Jesus Christ comes with all of us to set up his millennial kingdom at the end of the seven years of tribulation and just after the time of the three and a half years, which is part of that seven years, of the time of great tribulation my friends, and that is when he casts the, the false prophet and the, uh, the Antichrist and the false prophet into the lake of fire while they're still alive. And he consumes all those others upon the earth that chose not to receive him on the other side of the rapture and who, after the rapture, took the mark of the beast and served Satan. By the sword of his mouth, it says, he consumes them, and he casts the Antichrist, beast, and false prophet into the lake of fire, alive, where Satan will soon join them after the millennial kingdom time, my friends, once he's loosed again and takes those out with him that lived through the millennial kingdom time, but yet chose not in the end of all of that to choose the Lord Jesus Christ as their only way of escape for all eternity. And that would be set at the setting of the great white throne judgment day of God after the millennial kingdom time that that will take place, that once again the sheep and the goats will be separated in the final judgment of God. For God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Those are the words of the Bible. Those, I don't know how much more simpler it can get. Simpler? Is that a word? I don't know. Uh, for God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by way of our, or by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, Paul says, comfort yourselves together and edify, which means to instruct, to teach, to tell one another, even as also ye do, about the fact that this day is coming and that you need to be prepared for it, or you will find yourself in the lake of fire that burns with fire and brimstone for all eternity instead. My friends, today is the day of salvation. By way of the work that was done upon the cross of Calvary by the Lord Jesus Christ, who shed his precious and holy blood for us to cover our sins, who will soon return in the rapture as a thief in the night to whisk away his bride, but to be ready for that day, my friends, you, as Jesus said in John chapter 1, must, and I mean though, that word must is in capital letters to me here, okay? Must be born again. No, it's not some saying that they just try to cook up in the world about 
true Bible-believing Christians, Jesus was the first one to say it. He says that there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. And the same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water, and of the Spirit, with a capital S, he cannot enter in to the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. My friends, the only way by which you can be born of water and of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, in other words, is to first ask the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins, as noted in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 13. My friends, water here is a reference to repentance. John the Baptist came and was preaching repentance and baptizing people in the name of the in, in the name of the Lord Jesus uh, to unto repentance, and he said that when Jesus came, he would baptize you in the fi- Holy Ghost and fire. Okay, so water is in reference to the baptism that is done in water when you've professed your repentance from your sins unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. Romans chapter 10 verses 9 through 13 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, or as I like to say, right living in Jesus Christ, because all the issues of your life come from your heart. That is from the word of God as well. And with the mouth, confession is made, says the word of God, unto salvation, which is your way of escape through the Lord Jesus Christ, who paid the price upon the cross of Calvary by the shedding of his precious and holy blood and taking the stripes upon his body for our healing, my friends. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him, who is he? He's Jesus Christ, shall not be ashamed, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. Who is he? He is Jesus Christ. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What's the name of the Lord? His name is Jesus the Christ, the anointed one of God. Because he's fully man and fully God. Because the Spirit of God lived in that man, my friends. It was God walking the earth here with us at the time that Jesus was here. He was sinless. He was the only one who could take our sins and wash us white as snow. And 
my friends, after you've asked the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins, as it outlined in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 13, then it's time to seek the Lord God for the baptism of the indwelling power, working, and anointing of his, God's that is, my friends, Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. With the evidence of speaking with other tongues, my friends, the word uh, evidence means a sign, okay? So when you seek the Lord God for the indwelling power, working, and anointing of his Holy Spirit, he follows it up, just as he did in Acts chapter 2 and other places, with the person speaking with unknown tongues. It says um, that we are to seek the Lord God for the indwelling power, working, and anointing of his Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. As laid out in Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 8, where, where it says, The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up. After that, he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commands unto the apostles whom he had chosen. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem but wait for the promise of the Father, which said, which saith he, ye shall, ye, sh- ye have heard me, you have heard of me, for John truly baptized. Here's that water baptism versus baptism in the Holy Ghost and fire, my friends. Jesus said that they were to wait in Jerusalem upon the Lord God for the promise of the Father, which saith, which he saith, ye have heard of me. That's Jesus speaking. For John truly baptized with water, said Jesus, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked him, uh, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore Again, the kingdom to Israel. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the utmost parts of the earth. Well, my friends, the the disciples never left to go to the utmost parts of the earth. So that means it's left to us. That's why we're supposed to be filled with the indwelling power, working and anointing of God's Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking with other tongues so that the Lord God can work through us to do the work that needs to be done. 
Then we come to the day of Pentecost, which just passed a couple of weeks ago. Some people think it was this last weekend, but that's not right. It was the week before. We won't go there right now. The day of Pentecost starts in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Now, Pentecost means 50, because remember it said Jesus saw his uh, disciples for 40 days after he rose from the dead. So now he tells them to go and wait in Jerusalem. And so they go and start praying in the upper room, about 120 of them go, and they're praying uh, for the, the promise that God would send back the indwelling power, working and anointing of his Holy Spirit. And so on the 50th day, which was 10 days later after Jesus said what he said to them, we have Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, my friends, there's a big delineation here, because, you know, some people think that as soon as you receive the Lord Jesus Christ, you're filled with the Holy Ghost. You're not. If you don't present with the evidence of speaking with other tongues, you have not taken that step far enough. The Holy Ghost is the one that even prompts you that you even need a uh, relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So he's always in the scene. But to be filled with the indwelling power working and anointing of God's Holy Spirit that actually could raise the dead, my friends, God doing the work through you, if he so chose to, comes by way of the day of Pentecost type of experience, meaning that you seek the Lord God until he gives you the evidence of speaking with other tongues, which is his sign both to you and the world that you have now received the indwelling power, working and anointing of God's Holy Spirit, according to what he said you needed to do. Not man, but God said you needed to do. So it says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat on each of them, and they were all filled. Now, see, there's that all filled. Now, see, I suppose you could take that and see we're all filled as soon as we're safe. Well, that's not it. There was only 120 people right there, my friends, that were seeking the Lord God for the indwelling power, working and anointing of, their whole, of his Holy Spirit. And they are the same that went out to preach the gospel in power, working and anointing of God's Holy Spirit that those who would not listen before began to sit up and take notices when they began to hear them speaking in their language and other languages. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God, my friends. The Spirit gave them utterance. Another reference to this, my, friend, my friends, is found in Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 6. 
And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, now this goes to show you, my friends, that it, I just told you that those who received the Holy Spirit that day, at that moment, now more began to come into the church and receive the same as they prayed and hands were laid on them to receive the indwelling power of God's Holy Spirit. But then there are these other people that the Lord feels it's really important to talk about, and it's really great because they're the followers of John the Baptist that haven't come over to following now the Lord Jesus Christ. And the word key word is Baptist, maybe. You know, I don't know. Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 6, and it, come to, and it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, hmm, have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believe? Now, Paul having the Holy Ghost already would have already known the Lord would have already told them if they had or hadn't when he's going to be asking a question like that, especially. He said unto them, have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believe? And they said unto him, just like they say today, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, unto what then were ye baptized? And they said, unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, and here's the story. John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him, who is Jesus Christ, which should come after him. That is on Jesus Christ. In other words, Paul or John told the people to believe on he who came after him, who was Jesus Christ. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied. Which is another thing you can't do, my friends, unless you're filled with the indwelling power, working, and anointing of God's Holy Spirit. You cannot prophesy in the name of the Lord, because it is the Lord giving the prophecy, not you. My friends, it all begins, as I said before, in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 13 in asking the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins, where Paul states that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, right living in the Lord Jesus Christ, my friends, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation or your way of escape through the precious and holy shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ upon the cross of Calvary, my friends. Salvation means way of escape. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him, who is he? He's Jesus Christ, shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. Who is he? He's Jesus Christ. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What is his name? His name is Jesus Christ. And as for all of those, my friends, who will not receive the Lord Jesus Christ, 
as their only way of escape from the soon coming time of the outpouring of the wrath of God in what is called the time of great tribulation and the time of Jacob's trouble? They, my friends, will find themselves here at the great white throne judgment day of God as seen on the pages of Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, meaning both physically and spiritually dead, Small and great stand before God, because this is the final judgment day of God after the millennial kingdom time. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. Well, you'll notice it says, and the books were opened. That's because that's the volumes and volumes and volumes and volumes, and goes on into infinity, uh, of books written with the names of all those who have rejected the Lord Jesus Christ and are now on their way to the lake of fire. And there's another book that was open, a one book, my friends, and in that book is, is the book of life. It's the one where the name is written of the person who has faithfully given their heart over to the Lord Jesus Christ, who has known God's word, know it well, and know it correctly for themselves, who's walked in the power, working, and anointing of God's Holy Spirit, and who has already been whisked away by the Lord Jesus Christ, clear back at the rapture, because now we're just standing here at eternity just before eternity begins, a thousand years later, after the millennial kingdom time closes, at the final judgment day of God, where the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Yep, remember, they didn't want anything to do with Jesus Christ, so now they get to be judged by their works, which are as filthy rags unto the Lord God, because he sent his one and only begotten Son to be our substitution that we would have eternal life through him and be covered, spiritually speaking, with this precious and holy shed blood that we may enter into the kingdom of God because our sins, our sins were no longer visible to the Lord God. He cannot look upon sin. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every man, according to their works." And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire, my friends. You know, people are saying, you're going to hell forever. Well, you know, you're not going to hell forever because forever is the lake of fire. It just got done saying, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. It, the word of God says, this is the second death. My friends, this is where forever the person who has not received the Lord Jesus Christ is spiritually separated from God, from Jesus Christ, from the Holy Spirit, from heaven, from all those who tried to tell them that they were going in the wrong direction and needed a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a very sad state of affairs. And I guess 43% of our generation X or Z rather is headed there. And, and uh, I don't know what percentage of the rest of all of them are. People all over the world, it's not just young people. If you do not have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ today, and you take your last breath today, you are headed for the lake of fire for all eternity, which is the second death to forever be separated from God, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, heaven, and all those who will reside there for all eternity. 
The last thing that the Word of God says is that it says, uh, I'll just back up for a second. And the sea gave up the dead which ran it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which ran them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. That's why what I'm telling you is important, my friends, because all those names and those volumes of books, they're going into the lake of fire. Don't let it be you. That is why I'm here today, my friends. I love you. I'm called by the Lord God to send you this message. It is from him. I'm just the messenger. And sometimes I'm a feeble one at it. But I'll tell you what, he is the one who you have to be in awe of, not me. He is the one who decides whether you spend your eternity with him or in the lake of fire, not me. I have to watch out for the same thing, my friends. So therefore, I want to do what the Lord's called me to do so that I don't have your blood upon my hands and upon my head because I didn't do what he called me to do. And what he called me to do was tell you that you have to have a personal relationship in good standing with the Lord Jesus Christ. You must be filled with the power working and anointing at the indwelling power working and anointing of God's Holy Spirit. And you must be ready, watching, waiting, and praying for the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not to mention that you need to know God's word, know it well and know it correctly for yourself so that you don't find yourself duped by the false preachers, teachers, and prophets of the world today, my friends. We had a slew of false prophets uh, at the uh, end of last year, my friends, and they're nowhere to be found now. Because what they said didn't come true. Because And sometimes the prophecy takes years to come to pass, my friends. But when it doesn't line up with the word of God, it's never coming to pass. That's the difference. With that said, let me pray for you and with you real quick. Today, if you would love to receive the Lord Jesus Christ and know that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, then pray this prayer with me my friends. And if you need to rededicate your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, or you need to seek uh, the Lord God for the indwelling power, working and anointing of His Holy Spirit, then pray this prayer again, and then place yourself before the Lord to ask Him for the indwelling power, working and anointing of of His Holy Spirit, my friends, because it can only come after you have received the Lord Jesus Christ and in a clean life where the Holy Spirit can man your heart. And with that said, my friends, let us pray. Dear Lord God, pray with me out loud, my friends. Dear Lord God, we humbly come before your throne and bow down, spiritually speaking. We thank you for all that you've done, all that you're doing, and all that you've had to do. We thank you for the gift of your one and only begotten Son, who is Jesus Christ, who came to pay the price for my sin, Lord Jesus. We thank you for that. Lord God, we ask that you would just continue to keep us on the straight and narrow path ever moving closer and closer to you by way of that personal relationship that we are about to ask or enter into with your one and only begotten Son who is the Lord and only Savior of all mankind and whose name is Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, thank you for taking my place upon the cross of Calvary. Lord Jesus, thank you for shedding your precious and holy blood that I may be covered by it and that our Father in heaven 
is able to look upon me because when he looks at me, he doesn't see me. He sees you and the work that you did to save me. And Lord Jesus, I ask today that you would please forgive me of my sins. I know I am a sinner in need of a Savior, and I do ask you, Lord Jesus, to be my only Savior, that I'd be ready watching, waiting, and praying for your imminent return here in the rapture soon. And I thank you for the work that you did for me, and I know that you are faithful and true, and that today, from a broken and contrite heart and spirit, you have received me into the eternal family of God. And I thank you for that, Lord Jesus. And now, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would guide me and lead me into all truth and righteousness. Bring all things to my remembrance and help me to know God's word, know it well and know it correctly for myself. And give me that urging that I need to be placed in front of the Lord God to receive you as my indwelling helper, not only coming uh, beside me, but in me, that you, Lord God, will be able to perform whatever uh, work you have for me to do in this lifetime. In Jesus' precious and holy name we pray, amen and amen. And with that said, my friends, it's a wrap. May the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace or his perfect shalom. Shalom, shalom, and shalom and blessings until we meet again. I believe that we are living in the days John wrote about. The end times are upon us, and of that there is no doubt. Get your mind out of the world, take your Bible off the shelf. Read the book of Revelations for yourself. Join Streams in the Desert Live each Wednesday at 4 p.m. on Star Worldwide Networks, where your host, Pastor Dana, will examine the headlines of our daily news in light of Bible prophecy. Streams in the Desert Live thanks you for listening, for your phone calls, emails, and as always, your generous love offerings in support of this internet radio broadcast. You may also visit or email Streams in the Desert Ministries, home of Streams in the Desert Live, by way of the website or Facebook page, which can be easily found on the StarWorldWideNetworks.com Streams in the Desert landing page. Until next week, Streams in the Desert Live bids you all much love in Jesus, and that the peace of the Lord Jesus be unto you all, now and always. And remember, if you're not serving Jesus now, what makes you think you'll be doing it later in heaven?